Hello everyone, and welcome to Writing Easy, the podcast about writing and taking it easy. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. Melissa, we are getting through this Pixar list. Just cranking them out, cranking them out. I love it. So today we're, and we're doubling up now and tripling up because otherwise we'll be doing this forever. Um, but we're going to work on plotting now. NaNoWriMo is just around the corner and uh, plotting is a good thing to think about. So the two uh, tips, rules, tweets that we're going to talk about today are number four and number 22. Uh, do you want to read those or would you like me to do? I don't care. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. I'll do four. You do 22. Okay. All right. So number four is once upon a time, there was blank. Every day, blank. One day, blank. Because of that, blank. Because of that, blank. Until finally, blank. <laughs> and it's so much, so much wisdom in there. I just can't wait I know, to right? unpack it. <laughs> but there is, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So that's number four. And then uh, 22 is what's the essence of your story most uh what's the most economical telling of it if you know that then you can build out from there and i think these two are very closely related they kind of have that there's kind of the spine of the story you know finding the backbone and then building from that but i find that it's deceptively simple especially that number four right you look at it like oh great i'll just fill in this blanks and i get a story boom but just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy very true. No truer words. <laughs> and 22 reminds me of the uh, the snowflake method. Have you heard of that one? Oh, my goodness. I have. It's been so long since I've thought about that method. But uh, yes, that was one of the first things I learned. Does it work for you? No. <laughs> it neither. It's one of those things that sounds so... I, I That I cling to because I can understand it, right? That Like I can completely... Uh, digest it mentally, and then like, okay, great, I've got this, now I can start writing, but then the reality doesn't uh, match up. And just for our listeners who might not be familiar, the snowflake method is a way of plotting where you start off with like a very simple sentence that tells the whole story. You know, like, uh, Luke blows up the Death Star. Like, that would be it. And then you expand on that you say okay farm boy luke blows up the scary death star and you keep and you you know take it from a sentence to a paragraph a paragraph to three paragraphs three paragraphs three pages until finally you have a novel and this way you're not um you don't have to worry about how it ends you know how it ends and you're just kind of filling in in between and stretching it out um and for some people that works great uh for me it doesn't i need to take some more time to figure out what's happening i can't just come up with the plot and then just fill it in. It just doesn't happen. But yeah, so that's not the only way to do it. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness that's, that's not the only way to do it. Um, yeah, I feel like it's hard. I, I tend to like um, techniques that allow you, that work either at the beginning of your writing or at the middle or end. Um, and not that like, oh, it's only use, a useful exercise or technique if I'm starting from scratch. So um, mm. things that I like, including this sort of formula or what I've heard people call the Pixar pitch, is that I can do it at the very start of like when I'm starting to outline and develop a story, or I can do it after I finished a, a first draft and go, okay, now like, let me figure out what my story was now that I have 300 or 400 pages sitting here. Um, and I can yeah. use it to 
refine my pitch before I, you know, go sit down and try and sell it to an agent or an editor. So it's got multiple uses and I know the technique and I can plug and play wherever I need to, given um, the stage of my writing. I think that's a really good point that a lot of these things can be used either for planning or also for reviewing your draft and finding the holes and finding the, the problems where it doesn't work. You might see like, oh, I see why this doesn't work because I don't have blank number three, you know. Um, the same thing for like the hero's journey or the heroine's journey. They're really great when you listen to them because it sounds, it makes so much sense. And you think, ah, I'll just follow that path. Um, which again, for some people works great. But I think to use it also as a diagnostic tool after you've written a draft to go back and say, okay, what slots in where? And then if there's a gap, look, think about it. That doesn't mean you have to fill it in, but just to say, hmm, there is a gap there. Do I want that gap to be there? Is that a problem? Let's see. And these tools can also be used for that. And I think that works really well. Yeah. And it's a great way to think about uh, feedback from others, from critique partners or beta readers, if they're getting stuck on something, and then you go back and look at this and realize you are missing a step or, or, or a stage here, then you can go, oh, okay, like maybe I need to find this piece in order to, you know, respond to the feedback that I'm getting from other folks who are probably not writers and may or may not know what the <laughs> issue is in your story. They just felt like they just have that dissatisfaction with the story that they read. Um, so this is yeah. a, a way of diagnosing some of those issues. That is like me and the Lion King, the movie, The Lion King. I, uh, so I, when I first saw the movie, I was like, huh, that was weird. Like, where'd the movie go? Like, I didn't feel like there was a movie there. I remember talking to my brother and he's like, yeah, I felt the same way. And after I learned more about writing, I knew why. Because there's really no second act. There's no point where, where there are trials. There's no growth. It's just very, um, it just happens really fast. It's like a song, if that. And when I was able to uh, tell that to my brother, he's like, oh, that's why. Yeah. But if you don't know the trade, if you don't know the skills, you just know something's off, something's a little strange. And then when you get to know what's wrong, well, then you know how to fix it. The beauty of writing. <laughs> the beauty of writing. Um, what else? Oh, you know, the other thing that I'm thinking of when I read this statement. So I, uh, for number four, I often, mm -hmm. you mentioned how simple it is, right? It, it feels mm -hmm. kind of like, very child-friendly fairy tale. And you're like, oh, of course Pixar would think about stories in this structure. Um, yeah. But as I was actually dissecting it, I'm like, it's actually the basis of any kind of storytelling because you have this like once upon a time, which is really yeah. an intro to a character, right? And then every day, mm -hmm. which is an intro to their normal world, the normal routine, one day, that's your inciting incident, yeah, right? Inciting incident. So, so it just like yep. follows this very basic of like beginning, middle, and end, first, second, and third act. It's just a simpler way of defining it without getting into all the jargon of, you know, the writing world. Yeah. And in fact, that that because of that, because of that, until finally, that's act, it's like act two and three. Yeah. I, I always do like 2A and 2B, because like, I, I, it makes sense to be four parts. So like... One day is Act 1, because of that is Act 2A, because of that is Act 2B, and then until finally is Act 3. It's the um, three-act structure, just in a sentence form, which might make it a little easier to understand. Because, you know, you look at that, you get that little um, bell chart, you know, bell graph, bell curve, there you, there you go. go. That bell curve that everyone shows, they say, here's the rising action, here's the falling action, 
And you're like, well, okay, but what does that really mean? You know, that doesn't necessarily resonate. But here, you're putting it in story form, which is human's best way of learning. So that I think that's kind of cool. And I really, I can't think that there's a story that is success, that's a story that doesn't do this. You might have a vignette, you might have a, some other kind of piece, but I don't think you have a story. What do you think? Hmm, that's interesting. Maybe not a... I, so I don't like short stories. I'm going to out myself mm-hmm. here. <laughs> like I like flash oh, fiction, but I don't like short stories. But I'm like just toying with this idea of like, does a short story hit all of these things? Or is this just longer form stories? Does a flash fiction piece hit all of these things? I think it kind of does. Um, yeah. Might miss it because of that, but maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's why I think I like I'm selective on short stories and it might be because some short stories don't hit all of those pieces mm-hmm. um, or as clearly in the way that I would want. And so I'm like, well, well, it feels like there was no end or like it jumped from yeah. like first act to third act. Um, and I wanted more time with the characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I found is that sometimes with a short story, um, two things happen. Either that this this formula is uh very very simple and so it's fleshed out with uh more clever ways of telling the story you know like clever points of view or clever languages or clever uh uh, premises or the the things in this formula are all really wild because they have to be very intense you know maybe it's a very simple story but it's told in a weird way or it's not a conventional story but i think it still has to fit this this formula maybe not in order maybe it's not told in that order i don't know yeah and then number 22 if we're ready to go on to that the essence of your story the most economical telling of it i read somewhere is cut everything you can but no more what economical is varies right yeah if you're writing a short story it's very short if you're writing an epic fantasy it might be longer that's funny i was just talking to um uh, a co-worker and I'm grading assignments and the project length was 30 pages and someone handed me something that is 75 pages and you know uh, like this came up this like I want the economical version I know you can write I know you have ideas but that wasn't the the point like the point is for you to be able to narrow down your ideas into the most concise and compelling and economical version of it, not to make me wade through twice as many pages. Um, And so I do think it's important. A lot of folks will, uh, especially newer writers, will be like, oh, it's so great. Like, I want to write this 300,000 word opus. And you're like, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean, it's not a badge of honor, right? (laughs) If the story Mm -hmm. is not the most economical version of what you're trying to tell. Yeah, which doesn't mean everything has to be short. I mean, sometimes the most economical version is, you know, seven volumes. Um, but I think it's important to look at it and see if you're 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 getting, you know, the, the spine of it. And we've talked about that before, about finding the theme or the heart of the story. Um, and I think this goes with it, too, because then once you, if you have identified what the heart of the story, what the spine is, then you know what you can cut out and what you can't and then when you've got like a really lean story that could be really nice now then you can dress it up maybe with like uh that's with the build out right you can dress it up with with fun dialogue or great descriptions or things like that but the but the spine should be really tight 
and again, you don't have to start with the spine. This, this thing seems to be saying that, yeah, you get that and you build out from there. You don't have to start with the spine. It can take you a little while to grow the spine, figure out what it is. And that's all right, too. Exactly. And, and even if like Mary and I had the same spine for our stories, like the end product would be different, right? Because we would choose oh, yeah. to include different scenes and maybe different lengths of the scenes and we would write it differently. So I do think it's important for, especially for new writers who are thinking like, okay, like a spine means I have to list out all of these things and have every single beat of the story identified yeah. um, either before I write or, or whatnot. That's not what this is saying at all. It's, it's just saying like, mm -hmm. here are the turning points, here are the driving actions. Um, in a, Here's that formula. There's the that formula the yeah. <laughs> that are getting to your story. That it won't have a lot of flavor to it. You right. know, it won't be, you know, the bones don't give you flavor until you boil them. I'm using a cooking a little, metaphor. A little bone broth, for yeah. Who doesn't, <laughs> yeah, for someone who doesn't eat meat with bones. Um, but uh, I used to. Uh, but yeah, it's that same thing. And it's not, the fun stuff isn't necessarily going to be there. It just has to be nice and solid. Then you can put the fun, the fun stuff, the character stuff, the exciting stuff. Um, but as long as these, these beats are logical and strong um and well explained well motivated and i think that that's what you need to get to is is a good yeah it's like solid rather than funky cool but you have to know you have to know like the i don't know if it's the theme maybe it is the essence like you have to understand what that is um, and at least I do. I have to use it as a guiding light as I'm writing, because if I know what the essence is of what I'm trying to do, then I understand when I'm veering off track um, or mm -hmm. indulging in something or, you know, how to edit and revise, because I know like this is ultimately the story that I'm trying to tell or the question that I was trying to answer or explore in this project. Yeah. And I, I never find that until I have at least one draft. I don't know what I'm writing until I've written it at least once. Um, I, if I try to, if I try to say like this is what the story's about, it ends up being really stodgy and uh, and and trite. So I don't. Uh, I'm just kind of like oh, let's see what happens, and then once I write it, I go oh, okay, now I see where I'm going. There you go. All right. I think we've uh, gotten the marrow out of these two. <laughs> see me punning. I love it. Um, so we'll wrap it up. We want to talk about uh, a business. Social media is there. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I have not been on social media. i just taken a mental health break. I'm not there. I'm sorry. I'll be there eventually, but just not right now. <laughs> i got to take care of myself. Um, but we will eventually. It'll all come back. And then the other re uh, request, so if you're listening, please, please, please go to the iTunes store. Put us a little review. And it doesn't have to be much. It doesn't have to be a novel. Just a quick, hey, they're great. I like people whose names begin with M. I don't care. Whatever. Just toss something in there. And that would help us a lot. We would love it. Okay. Well, I think we should wrap things up. I think we should. You know, writing is hard. So take it easy. I'm Mary. And I'm Melissa. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.